Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to District of Conservation. I'm your host, Gabriella Hoffman. This podcast offers a sober examination into all things hunting, fishing, shooting sports, energy, environment, and the public policy surrounding it. And this podcast also specializes in original interviews that you won't hear elsewhere. Here's what I have for you today. Congress is fully in session. Now that there is a House Speaker, we will be keeping tabs on four related committees that the Republicans now control for you guys this congressional session. As they start to convene, we will read for you legislation that is good, bad, terrible, what have you, and hopefully get to sit down with some of the committee members. I would love to revisit with Congressman Bruce Westerman, who's been on the show twice before in his new role, so we'll see if we can get him on the show again in his new capacity. But today we're going to largely focus on two things. I want to share with you a little bit of the clip from a segment last week on Jesse Waters' primetime that played my new Conservation Nation episode that I co-produced with Madison Hughes and also that is sponsored by CFACT, who helps bring this show to life as well. And I want to talk about an asinine idea. We've talked about climate extremism in many, many ways. Now it's being manifested again through banning natural gas stoves. Now it's come to light that a consumer agency in the federal government wants to do that. So I will break that down for you and some of the people proposing this. Not surprisingly, they belong to one political party pushing this and why it's a bad idea for those who are economically disadvantaged and how to not ameliorate the environmental concerns that many people have. Thank you all for the positive feedback for Conservation Nation episode 12, which featured Lava Ridge. We had two activists from Stop Lava Ridge on the show last week to give a debrief to you all about what is happening, why they don't want this project in their backyard. And sure enough, the video caught the attention of Jesse Waters Primetime, which is the 7 p.m. show on Fox News Channel. Jesse Waters played a clip of our video for the audience and then he spoke to Dean Diamond for a great length of that segment about why Dean is opposed to the segment. Dean, of course, aforementioned one of two guests from Stop Lava Ridge who appeared on the show last week, who we featured in the video as well. Dean did a fantastic job. They were really grateful to all of us for spotlighting their town, their region, this issue, and giving them notice. I don't think people understand that A lot of these clean energy projects promise such great things. They promise economic development. They promise cheaper energy. They promise all these great things. But in these fragile rural areas that are against the backdrops of sensitive national historic sites, national monuments, wildlife corridors, farmlands, water aquifers that are necessary for ameliorating drought and what have you, They don't take into account these factors. And even the Department of Energy admits that wind projects, for example, have a huge toll on the environment. And a lot of people do not like to talk about this. There's radio silence from 
environmentalists, they hate oil and gas projects, but they love these projects, which take far more energy. They they use and exploit far more oil and gas to back up and power these really tall structures. They use concrete. There's just so much to unpack and, and be very concerned about wind and solar. It's not because I'm a neo-Luddite who hates progress. I love technological innovation. If something can produce and harness energy without emitting anything or emitting emitting a little bit, I would love that. Nuclear, to me, seems like it has the potential to be wonderful. And there's nuclear fission talks as well about some advancements there. But what I see from solar and wind troubles me. It's not very energy inefficient. It's really bad for the environment. And if I'm a neo-Luddite for believing this, having done some research and talking to people and they do their research and they tell you about their concerns it just seems like a very, very bad path to go on. And we don't need to meet arbitrary deadlines by this goal and that goal and go net zero. Net zero has a lot of different problems associated with it. You will have to not only phase out oil and gas for energy use, it's going to have downstream effects on secondary and tertiary uses. Then it's going to lead to a restructuring of the economy if it's in line with a Green New Deal, for example. Very, very bad stuff. So I want to play for you guys a little excerpt from Jesse Waters' primetime highlighting our clip. Here it is. The Biden administration is eyeing a new wind project in the bluffs of Idaho. The Lava Ridge Wind Project would build hundreds of wind turbines across about 75,000 acres of government land. And local ranchers say it's going to ruin their businesses. And get this, they're not going to get any of the power from the turbines. It's getting shipped to California, so California can call itself green. Let's just say the locals aren't too happy about it. We're in a drought, and they're going to take a lot of our water, and Boise's running out of water. my opinion, there's no room for any new withdrawals on the aquifer. If we have a new withdrawal from the aquifer, whether it be windmills or anything else, it's just one more farmer that's going to have to go out of business. I can't figure out for the life of me why they want to build them here. It takes 80 gallons every six months to change the oil in one turbine, and they're going to have like you know, 700 turbines, that's an awful lot of oil. Is that green? And then they have a tendency to leak. So then it goes into your ground. But is this a done deal? The Biden administration has been mulling this project over for two years, and they're reaching the final stages of the approval process. And we should find out the fate of the Magic Valley next week. Pretty cool, right? I was surprised to see myself on TV That's unusual, but I've had a few mentions with tweets and stuff before, but this was really nice of Jesse Waters and his team to highlight our report, to talk to these individuals, specifically Dean, and shed a light. So the news media is extremely helpful in this, and I wrote about it for Town Hall. I'll also include the links for that. If you want to see the clip, the full clip, to see Conservation Nation episode 12, and also my Town Hall article on this very subject on Lava Ridge, You can head over to the show notes. It's all available for you to read. Let's move on to the proposal, potentially, originating from a Bloomberg News article that is calling for potentially a ban on new gas stoves, natural gas-powered stoves. And the contention now, we've, we've seen these bans before. This is nothing new. This has been kind of the topic of chatter among regulators. They first have said because of going net zero. We need to pursue this. We need to ban all new 
installation of natural gas stoves. We need to move to electric stoves. Many cities and municipalities in some states have already proceeded with this. Now they're saying because of a study, it is linking it to childhood asthma. And maybe that is a very big concern. I need to perhaps brush up on whether or not it is fueling that. But is it enough to necessitate banning natural gas stoves? Is it being used as a scapegoat? I mean, a lot of these studies, unfortunately, can be prejudiced to have predetermined conclusions. A lot of government studies, they can reach their own conclusions, and anyone can create a study. It could be easily debunked. It could be easily challenged. I'm not trying to just be a no, automatic no, but if the climate change argument isn't working, is this the new argument they're using to scare people? It makes you wonder. And the commissioner of this agency, I don't know if you guys know this, we have lots of agencies and commissions. So this is the United States Consumer Product Safety Commission, the commissioner who has been touting this as recent as December, mid-December of last year, is Richard Trumka Jr. He is the son of, if you follow politics and labor issues like I do very closely, of the late Richard Trumka. Richard Trumka actually has a connection to the great outdoors. He was a board member, if I recall correctly, of the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. I vehemently disagreed with him on, I think, most policies. He was very much to the left. He was certainly an outdoorsman. I'll give him kudos for that. But the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. His son is also an outdoorsman. Great. But I think this policy could be pretty dangerous. And why the focus on this? Why not something more immediately concerning than a gas stove? Gas stoves, if you guys don't know, before I go into some of the remarks from Mr. Trumka, the commissioner, gas stoves are used. They're pretty ubiquitous. Most households have them. I I think 40 million households do. They are far better to use for cooking. They turn on a lot more quickly. In the event of a natural disaster, they're a great power source to heat water, food, etc. They're very reliable. And I think when you match them against the cost, it depends on where you live. They tend to be a lot cheaper compared to powering an electric stove. And some people are like, well, I want to use an electric stove. It's more environmentally friendly. Okay, preference. Let's give people preferences. But wholesale banning natural gas strikes me as a problem. And I don't like it when government determines, okay, let's have a wholesale ban on natural gas and let's have our preferred electric stove. But you have to wonder, why do they want an electric stove? A provision, believe it or not, and then we'll swing over to the commissioner's remarks. Why are they wanting this all of a sudden? If you read through, if you had the patience to, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, inset in this very gargantuan bill, which is not about reducing inflation, it's a climate bill, essentially, they have a provision which would give consumers a rebate valued at about $840 to switch from natural gas stoves to electric stoves. So there's a vested interest to promote this policy. This is one direct connection. They also have it as part of their net zero goals. But if you're wondering why immediately now, there's an impetus behind this with this provision in the Inflation Reduction Act, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. So they want to push people in this, get them hooked on subsidies. So that's why there's an urgency, because they want people to transition. This is the same with like transitioning away from oil and gas. There's always an immediacy. They claim you're not going to pay as much, but taxpayers are going to be on the hook for these subsidies. It always is the case with so-called tax rebates that are actually subsidies. I will read for you what Commissioner Trumka, Trumka Jr. said 
to Bloomberg News. Bloomberg's article, unfortunately, is behind a paywall, but it's titled U.S. Safety Agency to Consider Ban on Gas Stoves Amid Health Fears. And they want to move away from gas stoves as new research links them to childhood asthma. Like I said, a concern certainly, but is it truly what underpins gas usage? I don't know. There are other factors I think that could explain childhood asthma rather than natural gas stoves. He was quoted as saying in the interview that this is a hidden hazard. Any option is on the table. Products that can't be made safe can be banned. And he proposed this idea initially. This idea was given weight during a webinar that Mr. Trumka had with the U.S. Public Interest Research Group, PERG. If you went to a state college in California like I did, you were very familiar with CalPERG, the same PERG. That's a subsidiary of it, but this is the same PERG. And PERG is putting pressure on lawmakers, largely Democratic lawmakers, to ban stove use. Not surprising to see that that PERG has their tentacles over this, but he is very adamant about banning stoves. Not surprising. Biden administration wants to incentivize people so to speak, to transition from natural gas stoves to electric stoves under the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. Again, the immediacy, the urgency, there's always attachments to these sort of carve-outs and these nice perks. Taxpayers are on the hook. Electric stoves don't work as efficiently as natural gas stoves. Have you seen what professional chefs have said about gas stoves? And there can also be an even racist element to this. A lot of non-white chefs particularly those in Asian communities and Asian restaurants, they heavily rely on gas-powered stoves. So are they trying to displace people, especially those who are not white in the restaurant industry, with making them having to transition away from what works to something that is not as efficient? Lots of questions to be had there. And from the American Gas Association, they've pushed back against natural gas bans. And if you guys know basic economics, that when you move away from things, let's say phasing out fossil fuels, much like with phasing out gas-powered stoves, it always comes at a cost. It always displaces people. It doesn't necessarily lead to better improvement of quality of life. It doesn't make things cheaper. That is what we're seeing similarly here as we are with people who are insisting we move away from fossil fuels under a net zero push. The Natural Gas Association, as I was saying says that natural gas bans can make housing more expensive. All electric homes require expensive retrofits, potentially driving up the overall cost of housing significantly. Have you guys seen your electric bills? My electric bill has gone up. Even outside of federal policy, the previous Democratic governor passed the Virginia Clean Economy Act, which mandates that the Commonwealth of Virginia pursues a net zero path by, I think, 2040, 2045, 2035, some arbitrary deadline within the next couple of decades. And with that, the utility company has adopted solar and wind to the electric grid, and they want us to subsidize solar and wind. And I think there's going to be another charge for solar and also wind. This law, they really tethered this law to make it impossible to unyoke Virginia from a net zero path. And I hope the governor, I know he has an interest in getting us out of Reggie, which is a piece of this VCEA, but it's going to be difficult to untether us from this because of how this law is oriented. But with this net zero push, Virginia, now you see in your utility bills, you're going to have to pay for solar. You're going to have to pay for wind. Your costs are going to go up. They're not going to go down. And you're not going to see the benefits of this. And you're going to be 
paying a lot more for a lot of unreliable energy. Then it's going to overwhelm the electric grid and it's going to lead to blackouts. We are pretty vulnerable at times in Virginia with this. I wouldn't say we're like Texas, but this could overpower our electric grid and make us like a Texas or a California if this continues. So I'm hoping Governor Youngkin does put a stop to this, somehow gets us out of the VCEA and curbs back some of the excesses and and really does take us on a path out of this and into a more productive future under his, I think, Virginia energy plan. It, It really much is a contrast to the VCEA, and I hope that does get implemented in the next year or two if he does have a cooperative state legislature, General Assembly. But notwithstanding that, you are seeing more and more for energy bills. This is going to add to people's energy bills if you're installing a new stove. I don't know if this is going to apply retroactively. They would love to apply this retroactively to gas stoves and coerce people into buying electric stoves. Some people will be gullible and say, oh my gosh, a rebate to buy this stove. But it may not cover the entire cost of stoves. Very high quality stoves. I'm a daughter of a contractor can be several thousand dollars, I think, if you're wanting to get like top of the line appliances. You know, if you're in a restaurant, I don't think a restaurant natural gas powered stove comes cheap. And I can assess the cost later on if you guys are interested. But that rebate isn't really going to cover much if you are working in the restaurant business or you're a, you're installing a luxury, you know, natural gas powered stove or electric stove. If you're choosing to adopt and, and take this so-called rebate. It's not going to really get it to you for free. A lot of people think, oh my gosh, I'm going to get something for free, but you're really not. Um, Even if you aren't paying anything, someone else is going to shoulder the cost. And then you may not even have that total cost covered. And then there's going to be hooks and conditions with that rebate as well. So I am against natural gas stove bans. Moronic, but this is par for the course for the Biden administration. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure you find us on your preferred podcast player. We largely circulate on Apple, Spotify, and countless others, but those are our two big podcast platforms we want to push. Make sure you're subscribed there, especially on Apple. If you like the podcast a lot, go leave us some reviews. We'd be more than grateful to get some five-star reviews from you guys. Moreover, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and a little bit on YouTube. We don't populate there, but connect with us on social media. Find me personally on social media with blue check marks. Super easy to find, and I would love to hear your feedback and know who you'd like to see on the podcast. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. Stay tuned for the next episode.